first of all, I just want to thank Jeremy for giving me uh, the opportunity to speak to you today. I don't think that lightly, and uh, I've been praying a lot that um, you won't regret the decision. <laughs> by reading that verse. <clears throat> Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. And before I dive deep into each part of the text, I just kind of wanted to share what, why God put it on my heart to share from this text. And one of the big motivations is um, there's a lot of people I know that I, that I went to youth group with that, that at one time they followed the Lord. At one time they would have professed faith in Jesus. I, I can remember um, youth camps where they, would, they went forward for altar calls and dedicated their life to God never would have imagined that perhaps one day Satan would deceive them into walking away from the Lord but unfortunately that has happened to a, a number of people I know I, there's a, a friend of mine who's about the same age as me and he was in my wedding and about two or three years ago he, he stopped attending the church that that I grew up in and uh, I think he's back in the church now but it's a church that that has a, a homosexual pastor and he's just kind of gone on a completely different direction, completely different viewpoint. And it, it made me really think like, how, how did that happen? How did, how did Satan get in there and begin to twist God's word and, and distort things in his mind to where he no longer had confidence in God's word and had adopted a, a worldly point of view and, and, and the same kind of point of view that you would see around the surrounding culture. And I think, the problem, one of the problems is we, we're not always aware of this uh, spiritual battle that's taking place every, every day we're here. Every, every day, Satan and his demons are, are looking for opportunities to, to get into our life. And, it, you know, they can't do it just on their own. It's not like you can just, you're just walking down the street and a demon's going to grab a hold of you and possess you. We have to give them that foothold. But if we're not alert... <coughs> 
if we're not aware, if we don't have our armor on, they can sneak in there. They can, they can get that foothold. They can begin to twist your mind. And, and Satan loves to do that, especially in times of weakness, especially when, when something bad happens in your life and, and you begin to hear these voices like, why did God allow this? Does, does God care about you? Does God love you? And so <clears throat> I just believe it, it's so important for us to be prepared to not, to not sleepwalk through our life, to not just go about the business, go, go about the motions, but to, to be aware that this battle is taking place. And I, and I didn't want to bring this message in a way of trying to scare people because, because ultimately greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So we have the resources we need to take, to take on Satan, but it's, it's important for us to have those resources. It's, it's important for us to stay in God's word and it's, it's important for us to stay in a place of humility, in a place of prayer. And the Bible says that Satan is, is roaming around like a lion looking for those whom he may devour. And he looks for any point of vulnerability. And it doesn't matter if you've only been a Christian for a month or if you've been a Christian for 20 years. He can, he can find his way in there. You can, know, you can know the Bible backwards and forwards, but he's going to look for some little area of darkness that he can, he can sneak into and begin to do, do, do his damage. And so we, I believe as the body of Christ, we all have to work together. We all have to, to stay united. And, and, and one thing that you can do is, is to stay, stay accountable with people, stay, have a person that you can talk to when there is a struggle in your life. Um, he infiltrates institutions. He, instru- he infiltrates the government, universities, media, and he just begins to twist and spread his lies slowly but surely to the point where you know our, you look in the United States and over the over the passage of the last 60 years people's views on a number of topics have have changed if you were to look at different surveys and 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 now some of the things that are taught in the Bible are being presented as evil and 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 the, the mainstream culture is good so if you have the courage to continue to stand for what the Bible teaches, you're going to be labeled evil. And it's not really my intention to go off on what those things are, but I, I, many of you already know about things that have gone on in the area of gay marriage. Also, in, <clears throat> when it's talked about who we are as people, uh, you know, the gender identity and how that's been twisted, and all those things are, are things that Satan has slowly done, and, is, and he's he's. He's crafty, he's clever, he's, he's done it in a way to make it seem like the church is wrong, to, to make it seem like God is the one who is evil, and he's actually presenting the good thing, but we have to stand against those lies. God, God's always seeking to do good things to his children. He's always seeking to redeem. He has the best way, but Satan is a master of deception and a master at leading people down the path of destruction. And so we must be prepared, prepared for that. He, it also says that he disguises himself as an angel of light. You know, it'd be a lot easier if he was just like that, the devil that you see in the cartoons with the horns and he knocks on the door and you're like, oh, I gotta get away, that's the devil. But he doesn't always do that. He's, he's crafty, he comes as an angel of light. He comes, and, and unfortunately we see this in, in, in so many different ways. He, he, can, he can sneak in into churches, in, in, into universities and present a false teaching. Uh, I remember uh, maybe a decade or so ago, there was a guy named Rob Bell who uh, was becoming very popular. I don't think he's a pastor anymore, but 
he had a way of, of teaching that God's word was mysterious, which might sound okay on the surface, but his whole point was that, you know, you can't, you can't be so black and white. You can't, you can't just stick to these certain doctrines. We need to make the, the Bible, you know, wide open, and anybody can, can take the Bible for whatever they want it to mean. But that's, that's exactly what Satan would say to people. That's exactly how he draws them into error. And so we must be aware of this. And these kind of things will continue to crop up. As time goes by, we're going to continue to see more of those false teachers. And we need to be prepared for that. Um, but, like I said, I, I, I don't bring this message today in a way of trying to scare people or anything like that. I know we have children in the service. <laughs> but even though Satan is the prince of the power of this error... Um, God has always empowered his children to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So, again, I want to emphasize we do have these resources, and there's many examples throughout the Bible of, of uh, men and women of God who were able to stand in, in very difficult times. One of the first ones that comes to my mind is in the book of Daniel, uh, when the edict goes out that everyone must worship in front of the, uh, of the statue. And... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were recorded as the only ones that were willing to stand up against that and say, no, we're only going to worship um, the true God, the one true God of the universe. And of course, if you've read that story, you know that God delivered them from the fire. But to me, the most impressive thing is that they, they said, um, even, if, even if we perish, even if God doesn't, doesn't, want, doesn't allow us to live, we're still going to make a stand for who, for who God is. So that was a situation where there's this, you know, incredible spiritual warfare going on at that time. But God empowered his children to, 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 to stand up and speak for the truth, even though there was so much pressure going on to stay silent. Um, we also, I also think even in the example of David and Goliath, that there was a spiritual warfare going on there. And that David, God was raising up David and, and helping him. It says that he, he would... Um, practice by killing um, the bears and the lions and when the rest of the nation of Israel was, was frightened to death of going up against Goliath, David, David stood up to him and, I, and it, like I said this is more than just, well that's a 10 foot giant so of course everyone's scared there was a spiritual battle going on I believe that Satan was causing a lot of fear in the nation of Israel but God, God raised up David to be able to stand up against Satan and, and, and he delivered him in that victory um so I want to look at the text now, and if we look right in the beginning, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And as, as I was studying for the sermon, uh, the first thing that jumped out at me is that, it, you know, Paul didn't just say to the Ephesians, you know, man up, be strong, just, just be able to handle your business because Satan's coming, but you just got to be tough. No, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And in fact, I would say that, if we think we can take on Satan and his demons and we're trying to do it without God, that that is the equivalent of going into a gunfight with a knife. That we're we're going to be outmatched. And this is, this is unfortunately most likely the reason that we do see people fall and get picked off and walk away from the Lord or fall into errors. They weren't, they weren't prepared. They were, they were trying to take on Satan in their own strength. So I believe there's, there's two keys to being able to be strong in the Lord. And, and the first one is that we must walk in the light. And uh, I'm going to read from 1 John 10. 
And let's see here. First uh, John ten seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And so, in order to, to stay in a position of strength, we must, we must continue to walk in the light. It doesn't, it's not saying that we're going to have achieved a, a state of perfection. In fact, he's actually saying that anybody who says they've achieved that state is, is deceiving themselves. We do have sin, but as we come to the light, as we confess that sin, the blood of Jesus cleanses us, and it doesn't allow Satan to have that foothold. But the danger is when we take the, the position of the hypocrite that hides their sin, that doesn't want other people to know about that sin, that goes, and when you get to church, you try to present yourself as somebody who's doing all the right things, but in reality, you're hiding something in the darkness and giving Satan a foothold, and that's going to give him that chance to, to bring you down. The second key to being strong in the Lord and in his mind is to maintain an attitude of humility and brokenness before God and um, an example of the opposite of that actually comes from Peter the one that God built his church upon but initially Peter had a lot of self-confidence he he was one of the most outspoken disciples he 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 didn't think he would ever back down from anyone and when Jesus told him that everyone was going to flee, he said, no, I, yeah, those guys might do it, but not me. I, I'm good, you know. I'm, I'm, I don't back down from anything. I'll stand with you. He thought he was very strong. And, and Jesus said, no, you know what? You're actually going to deny me three times. You don't understand the spiritual battle that's going to take place when I'm betrayed. And sure enough, he, he betrays God. He, he denies him three times. But God used that. It brought a brokenness to Peter. And when he was broken, after that, God built him up, and he began to use him mightily to build his church. And so I just, that second key is so, is so important that we don't allow spiritual pride to creep into our hearts to think that, oh, I've been to church so many times. I know the Bible backwards and forwards. I do this and that. Satan, Satan can't get his entrance into my life. Well, that's actually an avenue for him to get in there is that pride that says, I don't really need God. So it's so important for us to continue to have that, that mindset of humility and brokenness before God to, to be able to stand up against the schemes of the devil. And now I want to look at where it says that we must take up the whole armor. So let's see here. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day and so Paul isn't saying just to put on one piece of the armor but to put on all the armor because it's going to be an intense battle and the other thing that I, I see jumping out at me in the text is there's four different times he either says stand or withstand meaning it's not going to be that easy to stand. It's not like you're just standing out there and it's a nice sunny breezy day, but there's going to be some kind of a major force like a hurricane coming at you. And that can be the reality of our world, a world that is uh, at enmity with God, a world that is hostile to God. It says we, li we live in a world where, where Satan is the prince of this air. 
And so Paul understood that. Paul understood that there was, there was going to be these, these temptations that would, would, would come into the church that would cause people to, to go astray. He knew it was so important for people to stand strong and to stand strong against false teachings. Um, the first part of the armor that is talked about is the belt of pr- truth. It says, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. And uh, I, I think this, this part is very interesting. Uh, the majority of people in the world are um, very open to accepting truth that, that has to do with science, that has to do with how things operate. You know, if you get, if you get two, if you're working, I used to work in a laboratory for Chevron and you get two different things and if it says, hey, don't mix this one with that one, a lot of people are gonna listen to that. They're gonna say, hey, this is, you know, knowledge is power. I don't wanna mix those two things and blow up the lab. So they're very respectful of the laws of nature but not necessarily so respectful of, of, of what God says in his word about things like who we are, who God is, or, or what sin can do to your life. When it comes to that kind of truth, all of a sudden you see people that are willing to use a very different logic. And um, I remember a guy I used to work with when I was at Chevron, and uh, he, was, he was always interested in having conversations with me about my faith. He was, he was curious. I think his his sister would attend church and we'd have long conversations and but eventually it would come down to well you know you you interpret it this way but I'm going to interpret it that way and everybody can kind of interpret the bible whatever way they want which I found interesting because he you know as as far as a worker he was a good worker he was smart he you know he paid attention to what we had all these different procedures for how to do things in a certain way he was aware of that he didn't want to cause any accidents in the lab but then when it came to his own soul, when it came to God's word, he was just willing to basically say, eh, I think I've done more good than I've done bad. Things will probably work out for me. Um, and a lot of people are like that, and that's because the Bible says that Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So we must be always putting on this belt of truth. And I think that this isn't just for somebody who doesn't know the Lord. We need to be careful as believers that we don't deceive ourselves and think that, well, and I've kind of hammered on this before, but, oh, I attend church, I do this. Uh, that's not what makes you saved. You know, we have to have our, a, a true faith in God, and we can't allow Satan to sneak in there and twist our minds and cause us to think there's a different way or a different path, or we can have, we can have salvation or righteousness in our own strength or by our own good works. We must continue to wear the belt of truth that we, we aren't, we don't stray away from that, from that essential truth. And the Bible says that we need to have our minds renewed daily so that we're not conformed to this world. And that, that can be done by reading God's word. And not just reading God's word, but um, letting it penetrate into your heart, meditating on it, and doing it in, in an attitude of humility with a willingness to obey. It's one thing to just have a lot of head knowledge it's another thing to actually obey it. And if we're going to grow and if we're going to be in a protected from the lies of Satan, we not only must read it, but we also must obey it. Amen. The second piece of the armor is the breastplate of righteousness. And um, the, the important part of the breastplate of righteousness is to understand that our righteousness is in the blood of Jesus. So another way that Satan wants to attack us, if he can't attack you 
by fooling you into rationalizing your own sin and thinking, I'm not really that bad, it's okay if I do this. Then he comes at the other direction and says, you can't even come to God because you screwed up too many times. I know God forgives people, but not your case. You, you know, you, you three strikes, you're out, that's it. You can't come to God. But that's, that is not what Scripture teaches. Now, it, it does teach there's a seriousness to sin. It does teach there's consequences to sin. But it also says that our righteousness is in the blood of Jesus. We need to remember that because the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So he's always going to look to accuse you. Whenever, whenever you're, you know, maybe you're feeling that call to, hey, I should be involved in this ministry or I should be doing this. What is Satan going to say? You can't do that. You're a hypocrite. You, you, made, you made that mistake that one time. You did this. You're not, God doesn't want you because you, you've made too many mistakes. But we need to be on guard against that lie. We need to stay in the light, but we're not perfect. And we need to constantly remember that the blood of Jesus is what makes us righteous before God, not, not our own works, uh, not, not our record. Don't be deceived into thinking it has anything to do with that, but understand it's through the blood of Jesus. Amen. And it says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that, that is one way that we can combat that lie from the enemy. And the next piece that he talks about is the shoes with a readiness to preach the gospel. And um, I have an example in my own life. Uh, when I was 20 years old, a couple years ago, actually decades. <laughs> okay, you're right. Um, I did a, a missions trip with a group called Youth with a Mission. And um, part of that process, there's a, there's a two month period called a discipleship training school. And so, during that time, God was challenging me to get out of my comfort zone, get out of my fear of man, and begin to try to, to, to share my faith with people. And it was, it was a challenge. I remember being at a restaurant one time, and I, I felt God was telling me just, just to talk to, to the waitress and tell her that God loved her. And it was hard, but I did it. And uh, I remember praying and praying that, the, that God would use me during that time when we were in Nepal. And when we were there, there was one time we were at this restaurant and God was saying, I want you to come up to the waiter and, and I want you to share your faith with him. And it, the, the biggest spiritual battle I can ever remember in my life was started to take place where Satan said, don't go up there and talk to that guy. It, it's funny, but he made me feel fear about what other Christians would think. Like, oh, they're just going to think you're this weird, weird Christian who actually thinks God speaks to them or you're just this overzealous Christian and uh, this went on for a while because you know in Nepal it takes about two hours for them to actually bring the food out so <laughs> I'm just <laughs> sitting there for all this time struggling and and going back and forth and knowing that God wants me to go out there but feeling this tremendous fear that was a spiritual battle and finally I I, I just knew that I needed to um, talk to one of the leaders and just say, hey, can you keep me accountable here because I don't want to chicken out and not do it. And so finally, after we had eaten our food, I, I go up to him and, you know, I'm only 20 years old. I don't have an elaborate speech for him, but I just tell him, tell him in simple terms about Jesus. And then I feel God wants me to pray for him. So I pray for him. And when I pray for him, I just say, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would go into him. And I it's the only time that I really felt like when I prayed for someone, the Holy Spirit went on them. And uh, it was just a, a really good moment in my life because 
I didn't know anything was going to happen at that point, but we went back. Uh, we went back to that restaurant a few days later, and he and the guy comes up to me and says, "What what can I do to become a Christian?" And so, you know, God wasn't limited by my own weakness. God wasn't limited by my fear or my my inability to, to proclaim His word uh, carefully. But He He worked, and that was. That was a, a cool moment in my life. So I just want to encourage you to be, to be prepared for those moments. God can bring those moments into your life if you're willing. It's not about, um, you know, how, how much you've read apologetics or how perfect you can speak. It's just God can do it. It's an amazing thing. Um, the next piece of armor is the shield of faith. And uh, this is the one that we must always Paul says we must have the shield of faith in all circumstances because it can extinguish the flaming darts of Satan and what I see in that is that throughout history um, Satan has attacked the character of God we see that for the first time in the book of Genesis chapter 3 when he's deceiving Adam and Eve and first he tries to tell Eve he says did God really say not to eat from this tree and and he says, yes. He said, don't eat from the tree. And if you do, uh, you're gonna, you will die. And immediately Satan says, you will not surely die because God knows that when you eat of it, you will, ha- you will see things the way he does. You will have uh, an understanding like he does, his knowledge. So he's attacking God's character. He's attacking God's goodness. He's saying that God doesn't really love you. He's, he's holding something back from you, and I'm presenting a good thing to you. And he, he continues to do that to this day. And I, and I remember when I was in high school, I, I fell for that lie. <clears throat> I, I, um, I strayed away from the Lord because I didn't understand how good he was. I didn't understand how loving he was. And I thought <clears throat> that the, the way of the world, the way that most people go, was the better way because it was a way of freedom where I could, where I could enjoy whatever I wanted. And I got, started going to parties and, and different things. But thankfully, Thank be, thanks be to the Lord, he, he brought me back and he opened my eyes that that was, that was a deception from Satan. That was, that was a path of, the broad path of destruction. And so we must always carry about our, our shield of faith because he's always, he's always throwing those darts, always looking to undermine God, especially in our weakest moments. He wants us to doubt God's goodness. He wants us to doubt God's love. And I think that's something that he's, He's doing right now, especially with young people who may feel that um, being part of a church and knowing the Lord is, is, is not the best thing. It's not the best way. And he gets people to, to worry about what they're missing out on. Uh, I think they call that FOMO, fear of missing out. He, he makes people want to think that, that there's, there's so many great things the world has to offer. And I'm just, I'm being, I'm being restricted here. I'm, I'm like a slave. I'm not able to enjoy that. But the truth is it's, it's God's ways that bring freedom and Satan's ways that actually bring, bring slavery. And so we must, we must remember that. And then and in James 1.16, it says, Do not be deceived, but every good and perfect gift comes from above. And so God, is, he gives good gifts to his children. And we need to remember that and not allow Satan to deceive us. Um, in the, when the Israelites were going through the desert, after God had done so many different miracles for them, after he had opened up the Red Sea, after he provided the, man, the manna, they grumbled and complained. And I really believe there was a spiritual warfare that was taking place at that time, that even though God had done such amazing things for them, 
Satan snuck in there and caused the majority to doubt God's goodness. And, and they thought that God was just going to abandon them in the desert. And unfortunately, there were consequences for that. They were, they were not allowed to enter into the promised land because they didn't have faith. So we must keep up our shield of faith or we will, we will be missing out on the good things that God has for us. The next piece of the armor is the helmet of salvation. And uh, I don't have as much to say about this other than that uh, soldiers put on the helmet because it's, it's the easiest way to get a fatality. So you must wear that helmet to protect yourself from the fatality. And it's, it, these are all metaphors, but we know that we have, when we, when we know the Lord, we have salvation and Satan can't just come along and, and rip it out from us. So we have that protection from, being, from, from our salvation being taken away from us. And the last piece of the armor is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And this is where Satan will use every trick in the book to get God's children to be silent because he knows that the word of God is powerful. And there's many scriptures about this, but this is one of Satan's biggest goals is to keep the church silent. Because if the church is silent, if the, if the children of God are silent, then he can work in, in the culture, he can work in, in other people's lives and bring destruction and there won't be any light, there won't be anyone to say that there's a better way. And uh, I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter four. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. Yeah, it's Hebrews chapter four, um, 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints, of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And in Jeremiah 23, 29, it says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces? So we have at our disposal something powerful, and that is the Word of God. And that is why Satan is constantly undermining the Word of God. That is why con Satan is constantly trying to get God's children to doubt the Word of God. And if he can't pull you into outright apostasy, perhaps he can just neutralize you. Perhaps he can get you to be on the defensive. Perhaps he can get you to be afraid that if you go and share your faith, maybe you're going to run into an atheist or somebody who's going to know more than you, and they're going to make you feel, you know, embarrassed that you believe in God's word. But we need to understand that God's word is powerful, that God's word sets the captives free, and that if we hold it back, people are going to miss out. And so this is the biggest battle that we're dealing with, that Satan is trying to deceive us to not be able to realize just how powerful God's word is and just, and just how it can be used. And... Uh, <clears throat> God's word is able to destroy every lie from the enemy. Um, I think I'm going to start moving toward the wrap-up here, and I just want to encourage everyone that I believe God is, is going to raise up a generation of people that aren't ashamed of his word, that believe in his word, and that, but we need to be prepared. We need to, be, we need to keep our armor on. We need to understand that. Here's the thing that I haven't really said. If you do sign up, if you do say, okay, I know it's going to be difficult, but I want, to, I want God to use me. I want to minister. I want to share my faith. That means Satan's going to be even more riled up to stop you, which is even more important that we keep the armor on. He can't 
stop us because we have the Lord, but we must understand that without that armor, we will, we will be vulnerable. So I just want to encourage each and every one of you to remember to keep the armor on and, and that way the Lord will be able to use us to, to reach the lost and to see the church grow. That's it. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs>